Hello, and welcome to The Best Ever, your ultimate destination for pop culture dust-ups. I'm Morgan Jeffrey, executive editor at radiotimes.com, and I'm joined once again by a panel of guests. Each of them has come armed with an opinion. Their mission is to convince me that their pick, and only theirs, deserves the title of The Best Ever. This episode, we're reaching for the stars as we look to crown the best ever sci-fi TV show. Joining me on the panel are star of Merlin, Versailles and Outlander, the actor and filmmaker Alexander Vlahos, actor and writer Richard James, a veteran of Jerry Anderson's Space Precinct, and Louise Griffin, RadioTimes.com's sci-fi and fantasy editor. Thank you all uh, for joining me. Alex. Oh, straight with the I wish I didn't sit here. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. There's a whole universe out there of sci-fi TV shows, so no spoilers at this stage. Don't right. give anything away. I'm not. But how easy or difficult was it for you to pick your favourite? Oh, gosh, so easy. Immediately. <laughs> the, minute, the minute you asked me to come on, I sort of told you that I won't come on the show unless, it's this, unless I'm talking about this topic. Mm. And you said you've had first dibs, so I'm grateful for you for allowing me to have first dibs. But yeah, no, very easy. Hands down. I've already won. Give me the trophy. Let me leave. <laughs> Don't get my debate talk on, you know. Mm. Well, Richard, mm. you played Officer Orin mm. in Jerry Anderson's In a show uh, which Precinct. I doubt will make it on anyone's best <laughs> well, on list. I, I, you never know. I'm purely impartial in, in this <laughs> debate, but, but were I to be oh, joining yeah. in, <laughs> I would make a strong case for Space Precinct. That's very sweet. Absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, but you've also written novels yeah. set in the Space Precinct universe, oh, yes. um, books uh, based on other Jerry Anderson properties. Yes. So from that perspective, what makes a great sci-fi story? Oh, well, it's got to be epic. But actually, it's all about the characters and it's all about the story. I think they had just, many times, they're just stories that happen to take place in space or in the future or in a science fiction environment. But if you don't have the characters that you care about, the story's lost. Mm. By the way, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to agree with you, but now it's, mm. that's fighting talk. It's fighting, yeah. it's fighting, fighting, talk. It's fighting talk. Well, Lou, uh, mm. we're very much in your wheelhouse here with, with sci-fi. Are you, are you confident that you've picked the sci-fi show to best all other sci-fi shows? Do you know what? I've gone rogue. Um, <laughs> I've gone rogue today, but I think I've got a brilliant case um, because my sci-fi show, I think, can do just about anything. Mm. And I think that's key for sci-fi, that you can go anywhere, you can do anything. There are almost no limits. Almost are no limits. Are you talking limits. about my show as well? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> uh, no, we, we, we've been very careful. There are no, there are no clashes. Uh, but let's not forget, whoever wins here today also picks up our coveted best mm. ever trophy, mm. the greatest prize in the galaxy, worth its weight in Stardust. Mm. Oh, very good, very, <laughs> very good. Put that on the poster. So let's blast off, Alex, Ooh. with you. Fantastic. In your opinion, what is the best ever sci-fi TV show? The best ever sci-fi TV show celebrated its 60th anniversary last year, it's Doctor Who. Um, because it's the most amazing show, for me it's, um, it was the first show that I ever, that was my first ever memory of television, mm. ever. As a three-year-old boy, I was watching a black and white VHS of my stepfather's uh, Tomb of the Cyberman, Patrick Troughton. Yeah. And that whole stigma, that, that, that's not stigma, that thing that they say about Doctor Who, about being you know, hiding behind the sofa, that whole thing, that genuinely happened to me. Those Cybermen coming out of the Tomb of the Cybermen put piercing the sort of the, mm. the little like embryo things. A fantastic music. I think the it's music. Space Adventure, is it yes, called? It's you know? unbelievable. It feels epic. And I couldn't, you know, this is someone who's, you know, three or four, that, that's my first ever memory of television. Um, 
and, and then going to a, I went to a, um, uh, a Halloween party as a, a seven-year-old dressed as a Cyberman, um, which was not great. It was just pieces of paper on the front and pieces of paper on the back. And all the kids were like dressed as vamp you know, vampires and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was this only kid going as a Cyberman. So it's ingrained in me from a very early age. Um, and the reason why is, well, I mean, 60 years, like how can you argue with the, the longevity of mm. it? Um, and it's because it's so magical and wonderful. And yes, there's been moments of time where it went off television, mm. you know, the dark ages. Um, but it was also kept alive because the fandom is so strong by the wonderful company Big Finish. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, I just, I just, I, I adore it. Um, what's not to like about a pacifist, two-hearted alien who, who travels in time and in space in a TARDIS mm. and fights Monsters of the Week with a sometimes, mostly, um, Earth companion. Mm. Well, everyone has their own take on why Doctor Who is so successful, why it has lasted 60 years. I mean, what's, what's your take on that? Versatility. Um, um, and also something that you mentioned was the fact that it needs to, it needs to have great characters. You know, and the fact that we can empathise and sympathise with an alien, first and foremost, because he, rep because he looks, or she, they, look human. Um, but especially since the show came back in 2005 with, with Russell T. Davis's uh, first sort of tenure, um, you, he made sure that it was the companion that brought you into the show. So you were part of the story because you were seeing it through Rose, Rose's eyes or, you know, um, Freema and all those people that came, you know, came after. I just think it's, um, and obviously the production value's got much better mm. as it's gone on. You know, the, you know, we do make the case for the, you know, the 70s, the wobbly sets. Um, but that was all part of its charm, massively part of its charm. I watched um, an ep was The Ark in Space, mm. Tom Baker, with my stepfather over Christmas. And the monster <laughs> was just a guy wrapped in bubble wrap. In bubble wrap, painted green. Painted green, yeah. walking on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the floor. And it's just, it's, it's comical, but it doesn't take you out of the story because the Doctor um, themselves, um, you know, like you said, the, doesn't carry a gun. He carries a sonic screwdriver. He's not someone to shoot first and ask questions later. He's, he's intelligent. And we, and he's, he's the smartest man in the room, but he never makes the audience feel dumb. You're following along with the stories, you know, and the idea, the, the, the groundbreaking idea that means that the show, ha the, why the show has lasted so long is, the, is, the, is regeneration. They could have ended it with William Hartnell. And they didn't. And they decided to bring in a you know, game changer back in the 60s to have someone be recast, but explain it in a science fiction way. But Patrick Troughton took over from William Hartnell. And then since then, we have had every different actor come on board and offer it. It's almost like every time there's a new actor or a new showrunner, you get a complete blank slate, mm. which is so rare for sci-fi because it's, it's, sometimes it's too much steeped in mythology. Um, or rules, you know, whereas, you know, the TARDIS can go anywhere in time and space. And that's kind of, that's the best bit. Yeah, it's truly magical. For an actor mm. who is a Doctor Who fan, and Richard, I know it's not your pick today, but I know you're a fan as well. Yep. Surely the Doctor must be the dream role, right? Well. Terrifying, I would think. <laughs> imagine, yeah. imagine that phone call. I know, but I, 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 I've, I've been told off by my agent because we've, we've actually done a couple of interviews in the past where I've, I've even thrown my hat into the ring. Um, um, I, 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 I would say that it, it, that it is mm. the dream role. You need to have a box of tricks for, for, as an actor to be able to ride the wave of every emotion that the Doctor like, feels in every episode. Um, but I've decided to go uh, rogue, using your word familiar. I'm going rogue and um, um, I'm, 
I'd love to be the master. Ah. The perfect nemesis. Yeah. The counter, the counter, like the antithesis, the... Yeah. The, um, the Moriarty to the Doctor's Sherlock Exactly, home. It's, it's, it's the yin to the yang. Yeah. And, and the fact that he's a master of disguise, that means that he can turn up anywhere, you know, and I think that for me, the greatest, the greatest, one of the best episodes, I know you've done what uh, uh, the best ever Doctor Who episodes, but yeah. one of the best episodes of New Who um, was, was Utopia, was when we saw Derek Jacobi turn into John Sim. Mm. Because we, for 45 or 44 minutes of that episode, mm. none of us had a clue. Being actors, you know, I've, I've, we were talking before we started this, I've played my fair share of villains. Um, that's all I seem to get. Um, um, and I'm, I'm playing Mordred in Merlin. I still get that now mm. at conventions where people don't want me to sign the, my, their pictures. They queue down, they have all the knights in front of me. You've got Sir Leon and Sir Gwen and Sir yeah. Aaron, And they get to me and they almost look at me with disgust because I ruined Christmas Eve. Yeah, they you just know, shake their fist and go, you, you yeah, killed Arthur, you ruined my Christmas. You're the reason there's no season six. Yeah. So I to, that's what I get on the streets. I don't get, I don't get adoration. I get, I get lots of angry mothers pointing their fingers. <laughs> you made my daughter cry, you know. Um, but yeah, that's my pitch. And I feel like I can just take the trophy now. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, Richard. Alex, Alex, Alex. <laughs> now you've fallen into the classic trap. The brief today was not to present our favourite sci-fi series ever, but rather the best ever sci-fi TV series. Favourite? I'd be with you with Doctor Who, but can we really say Doctor Who is the best sci-fi series ever? Is it even sci-fi? I would counter and say it's more fantasy. Perhaps started <sighs> off as sci-fi. Certainly, certainly recently, the, yeah. the, the, the whole thing is that it's going down more of a fantasy yeah. route. I'm not saying you're disqualified. No, but, but also, but I, I think Richard is. But we're talking about, you know, I'm not talking about New Who specifically. In 1963, you said, you know. As I said, started off sci-fi, I would grant you, but, oh, there we go. but recently, even since the comeback in 2005, I would mm. say science fantasy. Now, if we look at the pure science fiction, uh, a show with uh, almost an illustrious pedigree, stretching back almost as far. Almost. Almost. Put that in bold, please. I'm giving the game away with a little spoiler <laughs> I here. know, I could tell. I'm going with Star Trek in all its iterations as the best sci-fi series ever. Now, Richard, ah. I will say, it, it's strong choice. Mm. Are you cheating slightly by, by picking Absolutely. an entire franchise? Absolutely. In all its iterations. <laughs> but that Alex, means I include Alex, Sarah Jane, Torchwood, class. I take you back to your previous conversation with Morgan, where you specifically said, and I quote, Every new showrunner, every new Doctor, it's a clean slate. You can start again. Doctor Who itself has had many iterations. You cannot say that William Hartnell in Totter's Lane is the same character or the part of the same show as Shooty Gatwa well, uh, and... and uh, uh, we, we, we have now, we have, because we have, you have classic Who, 63 to 89, quite. you have New it's Who. It's broken up on the iPad. I'm just saying, you're Who. talking a lot about Doctor Who and not a lot about Star Trek. Now, Star <laughs> Trek all exists within the same universe. All those series happen in the same universe. So it's all part of a greater whole, right from the, the original series in... 1966 up to the latest Discovery and Strange New Worlds and so on, all inhabit the same universe. So it is pretty much the same show. If I was going to pin you down though, Richard, to one show yeah. from across the Trekverse, oh. do you have a favorite? Out of the 28 or 29 <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a favorite or which is the best, Morgan? You need to be more oh. specific. Okay, yes, which, I have a favorite. Which, is the, the, which is the best ever? <laughs> which is the, the best, best ever? The best ever has to be the classic original series. Okay. The original Star Trek has to be or what we base most of our modern science fiction on. Mm. Uh, the hardware, the hierarchies, the characters, uh, the command uh, characters, uh, the subsidiary characters. It's passed into uh, not just UK cultural law, but international cultural law. Everyone knows the Enterprise. 
Everyone knows Beam Me Up Scotty, even though we never said it in the series. Everyone knows Kirk Picard. Uh, you might even know Cisco and Janeway and so on. It's progressive. It cast the first, uh, you know, the, the, the first female captain, the first black captain in Deep Space Nine. Look at the original cast of Star Trek. In 1966, they had a, a Russian. They had a Russian in 1966 on the bridge with the captain. Was he actually Russian? The actor was. Well, there we go. <laughs> Oh, is no, Atlantean Time Lord then? Is he <laughs> <actually> <laughs> I knew I was going to fall into that. Yeah. Uh, it's really what we base all our science fiction on these days. Do you remember the first time you watched Star Trek? Was it that? Was it TOS? I remember. Now I'm not quite old enough to have watched it originally, but certainly in the early <laughs> That's 70s. Not what I was implying. No, I would have seen uh, uh, um, repeats in the early 70s. I remember as a very small boy watching it, and those iconic opening lines: "Space, the final frontier." These are the voyages, and I was convinced. I was convinced these were actual real adventures <laughs> that were being beamed into my TV That's every cute. week. That's really cute. Yeah, the Enterprise, which we saw in the opening credits, was circling around the planet. Yeah, yeah it's a documentary. Yeah. Because he specifically said, well, these are the voyages of the Starship. I took him at his word. I would argue about what the origins of, you, you keep saying, like the, Star Trek has, hmm. is the foundation and what we call sci-fi. But like, you, I think, you know, hmm. you're missing out on H.G. Wells, your well, time course, travel. I mean, television sci-fi. Oh, okay. There we go. Fine. Just wanted to clarify that point. There's a qualifier. I mean, I'd love to come back and talk about the best ever H.G. Wells. It's definitely not the first man on the moon. No, no, no. We'll get back to about War of the Worlds. What, across all the series, and there have been spin-off movies, of course. Do you have a favourite? No, 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 not spin-off movies. Not a fan movies. No, no, I'm just saying you're implying spin-off movies are not part of the whole. They're not spin-off movies. They're continuations of the story. How are they spin-off? It's not even a TV can I, show, can I, can, then, can I throw in the, the Peter Cushing movies, then? Can I, 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 well, love, I love the Peter Cushing movies. What about Paul McGann? Movies. Yeah, are we, we going to talk about the Paul McGann movie team? not being part of the he TV made series? It it's canon. It's, it's, it's canon. But it's not it's a TV canon. movie. Oh, I mean, I just, you know, Michael some, the Doctor, he turns up, doesn't Some he? of those Star Trek movies are some of the best examples of Star Trek. Yes. I think, you know, people talk about it a lot, but Wrath of Khan is fantastic. I mean, do you have a favourite... Uh, scene or moment from across ah, all of Star Trek. Yes, I do. And it, it, it's a scene from Wrath of Khan. And it's the scene where he, uh, Kirk is given the, the book for his birthday from, is it McCoy or is it Spock? I can't remember. He's given the book Hard Times, Charles Dickens. Mm. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And it's, it's all about embracing the fact that these characters, these actors are getting on a bit. They don't shy away from it. Mm. They actually accept that we're now watching late middle-aged Captain Kirk coming to terms with getting older, losing command of the Enterprise and so on. And that's a very sweet character moment that has nothing to do with the plot, but you learn more about the characters. That's what I love about the movies. Most of them, they're not all kind of, um, you know, action. Uh, they have character beats in them as well. Louise, as our resident yeah. sci-fi expert, mm. how are you feeling about the two picks so far? Doctor Who from Alex, Star Trek from Richard. They're obviously titans of sci-fi, but I think you've both fallen into a bit of a trap. Oh, not again. <laughs> With Constant a 60... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Everywhere. <laughs> With a 60-year-old show, with an almost 60-year-old show, yeah. there have been over the years some truly, truly terrible episodes of Doctor Who and of Star Trek. You can't deny that. Name them. Name the terrible episode. Spray. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pilot. <laughs> we won't go into that. But yeah, there have been some truly, truly terrible episodes. Um, and I just don't think you can skirt around them to say it's the best ever sci-fi TV show. Louise, yeah. if not Doctor Who, yeah. if not Star Trek, what is the best ever sci-fi got to be a big gun TV Come show? On. I'm going to be slaughtered here. It's a modern sci-fi phenomenon. It's Black Mirror. Okay. <laughs> right. Put a close-up on my face on this one. Because <laughs> that, that, Alex's mind is blown, oh. but I don't know if it's in a good or a bad way. Mm. 
What makes Black Mirror, in your opinion, Lou, the best ever sci-fi TV show? So I think one of the best things about sci-fi is when it's kind of in no way boxed in, mm. as you get with Star Trek and as you get with Doctor Who, you kind of, at the base level, have to have the Doctor in a blue box and you have to have the crew on the Enterprise right. or wherever they may be. Um, with Black Mirror, Charlie Brooker has literally done everything. He's taken every other genre and done it through a sci-fi lens. He's done sci-fi rom-com. He's done sci-fi true crime. He's done, he's done the big space he's done opera. Star Trek, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's done, he's yeah. done Star Trek. Um, he's done literally everything you can do through a sci-fi lens and he's still doing more. He's done, you know, spoiler alert, but a werewolf d through sci-fi. Mm. There is or kind every, of no way you can't go with Black Mirror. Every, every episode, of, I'm trying to think of, if, so every episode of Black Mirror has science fiction elements mm, to it, indeed. right? It's more kind of more or less. less. It's more again. Or less. Again, again, it's look it's, at us scraping the bottom of the barrel. Less. <laughs> Scrape the bottom of the barrel. It's strayed away from sci-fi a little bit more in the in the more recent seasons. The, the early seasons of Black Mirror mm. pretty much universally applauded. I would say the later episodes maybe slightly more divisive. Do you feel it still deserves the title of the best ever? Yeah, because I think it's still evolving in a way that no other show is. Mm. I mean, his Charlie Brooker is just taken the show and run with it. There's the new Red Mirror label that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that in yeah. the future. He's it's just chucked that in there. More horror vibes. <laughs> more horror vibes, yeah. kind of less to do with tech, mm. um, but still sci-fi elements, I would say. I yeah. Alex um, jumps on you. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was just looking, I, I made note of the, the Wikipedia definition of science fiction. I was about, to, I was about to ask, actually. So, so we could pipe this it? one down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. I'm science prepared. fiction is a, a genre of yeah. speculative fiction. Yeah which typically deals with imaginative and futuristic concepts. I would argue, yeah, I would argue every episode of Black Mirror, even Locke Henry in the recent season, mm. which I think you would argue ah. is one of the least sci-fi episodes mm. ever well, done. It's a critique of true crime. Yeah, it's true crime, it's drama. There's a kind of modern present day dystopia to it um, with the, when he's winning the BAFTA at the end, it's, it's creepy and dystopian kind of as a modern day thing. <laughs> I just want to like, Best ever. Mm. I wouldn't want my five-year-old to watch Black Mirror. That doesn't mean it's no, not no, no. The best just because I'm, I'm not just saying because I like are we. Uh, you know, you could do like a PG best ever. Yeah. And you could do it an over eight because I, I think Black Mirror is great. And it does skirt on some amazing topics and it, you know pushes into dystopian futures of like you know Black Mirror literally oh, means literally means the first vengeance on vengeance on virus. <laughs> Fair. I mean, yeah, you know, you could you know <laughs> talents of Wen Chen for a five-year-old be great, <laughs> but um. Um, I just, I'd want it, I'd, for me, I'd want, you know, science fiction for me to be, is, is something that is, that is transcends, is, is universal, you know, that you can put it down to someone who, like, and I would argue that Star Trek is like that, you know, I, as a five, six year old, you could watch Star Trek, be a little bit scared, whereas Black Mirror is on the cusp of very much an adult show, you, mm -hmm. you're cutting out a majority of your audience. In many ways, I think it's more accessible, not obviously to children, but in terms of, um, it's kind of a gateway into sci-fi. I think someone who you wouldn't have to wait until you're 18 and have a Netflix account. Sure, why not? But <laughs> I think in many ways, someone who wouldn't watch Doctor Who, wouldn't watch Star Trek, will go into Black Mirror and realise they love sci-fi, and maybe that's their way in then to Doctor Who and Star Trek. There's something lacking in Black Mirror, though, which I personally mm. like to see in sci-fi, and it's there in Doctor Who, and it's certainly there in Star Trek, and that's hope for the future. <laughs> Black Mirror does not have any hope for the future. Star Trek has it in space. It, I think it does in some ways. Mm. In, for instance, San Junipero, it's a yeah. sort of a, it's kind of quite a, it's, 
bit of a, it's a great insight. If, if you start the sentence with sort of, you're already sort of failing. <laughs> but it's a, it's a fair point in that Black Mirror is very much, for the most part, dystopian. Hmm. Star Trek was designed, wasn't it, as a very utopian vision yeah. of the future. Doctor Who kind of, there's a lot of variety in Doctor 100%. Who. It, it, present, it presents it goes on, dystopia, it, 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 utopia. There's space, there's spaceship, and then also there's stories. You know, all of John Pertwee's era was, was, was science fiction, but on Earth he was literally mm. bound, couldn't escape in his TARDIS. You know, you're talking about hope and talking about that, that the Doctor literally is the embodiment of it. He, he, they represent, you know, humanity and, and hope and, and, you know, Goodwill. Mm. I think Black Mirror makes us feel literally walking UNICEF. I think Black Mirror makes us feel more hopeful about the world we live in. That's, yeah, that's, just, that's not happening. Or, or yeah, we're watching is so depressing. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, oh. in a, like in a reverse psychology sort yeah, of way. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel so much better. But also, there's, there's these these things in Black Mirror. There's the episode with um, um, Tom Cullen and Toby Kebbell and Jody, the one with the microchip about the memories. Entire we are very very close to yeah. that with what Elon Musk is doing with with, with putting chips in people. Like mm. that's you know, that's only about five six years. Yeah. I think uh, listen, if a TARDIS arrived right now, I would lose my mind. <laughs> but we are not uh, right now. We we have. Things going into space. The, the, the TARDIS itself, if that arrived right now, we would, none of us would be able to come. I don't think that makes it any less sci fi, though. Five years sci fi, it's, it's, it's impossible. Uh, but you're on the inside. Morgan, you slammed me for picking Star Trek in all its iterations. We have Louise here picking an anthology series. Yeah, a series. Problem? Well, I'm asking you if it's a problem. <laughs> you're the judge. Yeah, I, think, I, I think it's fine. Otherwise, would we, would we disqualify the outer limits? Would we disqualify the Twilight Zone? I, I would argue not. But I do remember watching the first episode of Black Mirror, which actually, maybe an odd choice for a first episode, the national anthem, that one. Bizarre. It's very different. <laughs> uh, not actually all that sci-fi, but I remember thinking, mm. This, this is something. This, this is going to have an impact. Do you remember your first time watching Black Mirror? Was it that episode? Was it another episode? I think I'd heard a lot about Black Mirror before I actually watched it. Yeah, um, yeah and I think I did come to it with the national anthem thinking, what on earth is this? Mm. Um, but I think you get a couple of episodes in and you quickly get a sense of what it is. And it's, it's almost become, I think, now part of our language. If I was to describe something as a bit Black Mirror, you see something yeah. in the news, you're like, well, that's a bit, that's gone a bit Black Mirror. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Almost, I was going to say, to a similar extent as, as Doctor Who or, or but Star to, Trek. Uh, no, not a, to a lesser extent <laughs> than Star Trek. I mean, surely if you say, if it's good, if that's a bit Star Trek. I mean, that's international. Everyone would know what you're talking about. It feels about. like a modern classic, though, mm. right? It's, 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 oh, it's, sure. it's become part of, as you say, the lexicon very, very quickly. It's had an incredible impact. Yeah, it's had way there. less time. Does it's Black not Mi exactly had Does six Black years. Does Black Mirror have a theme song? It's just that. It's just that. Just I'm, not, I'm not sure if people are streaming that a lot on Spotify, but it does. It does. But I guarantee if I went, ooh, everyone would follow. follow or, oh. <laughs> but this isn't best ever theme song. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you, we'll bring you back. <laughs> Part two. Well, uh, Radio Times audience have also been having their say oh, on have this they? topic. Ian McClellan on uh, on X uh, actually voted for the reboot of Battlestar Galactica as the best oh, ever sci-fi yeah. TV show. Uh, Heather Buckman was backing far. Escape. Uh, M.G. Harris uh, said Blake Seven. Uh, mm. Linda Pudsey on Facebook voted for Quantum Leap. Uh, Kat Jetson on Threads was very specific. The X Files seasons one to six only. Um, <laughs> what happens yeah. in season seven? I didn't. You, do, you don't want to know. No, fair enough. Yeah. Also, it ain't sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> also on Threads, uh, the Dave TV channel said Red Dwarf. They may be biased. Yeah, Red oh. Dwarf. But I, I, I honestly, when I came here, I was expecting. Uh, a red dwarf mm. from from either of you. So it gets an honourable mention. Fantastic. It's, it's an honourable mention there. Again, something that's done something not no really. One, no other one gets series a medal for honourable mentions. <laughs> <laughs>
But the time, the time has come now. Wow. For a decision wow. to be made. One of you is going to get your hands on the best ever trophy. The other two are going to be brought crashing back down to earth. Oh, wow. Gosh. Alex. Oh, hello. You argued that Doctor Who I did. was the best ever sci-fi TV show. Richard, you yeah. boldly went mm. Star Trek. <laughs> I made it so. <laughs> and Lou, you took a long look into the Black Mirror. Who is today's winner? I think you've all made really strong arguments. But I, I, do, I do think, as much as Black Mirror is a, is a modern classic, as much as Star Trek has been hugely influential, had an incredible impact on sci-fi, TV, and, and technology. cinema, and technology. We all had the flip-top Motorola phones <laughs> in the 90s. Inspired by Star Trek. That argument. <laughs> Damn it. I do feel. I do feel like if you're talking about variety and, and imagination and constantly being able to, to, to reinvent itself. So predictable. <laughs> I do feel like Doctor Who comes out on top. So the winner officially of the best ever sci-fi TV show is Doctor Who. Alex, congratulations. Thank you. Well, not, you are, you thank are today's... You so thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. You all have to clap. You're forced to clap. You're forced to clap. Thank you so much. Well, um, let's just hope that they hire me. <laughs> I feel absolutely deserved by this win. Um, I fought well. Um, I debated well. But yeah, no, I'm great. I mean, this, is, this is how it's supposed to be. Doctor Who, best ever sci-fi TV show. And I'm just glad that I um, that I brought home the win. Brought home the W, baby. <laughs> I mean, I'm absolutely gutted. To have been beaten by a science fantasy series is just taking the biscuit. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know where to put myself. I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed of myself, actually. I'm embarrassed of Radio Times. I'm embarrassed of Morgan for picking Doctor Who. I think not only is he going to let me down, he's let Star Trek down. I think he's let himself down. I do feel robbed, actually. Um, I thought I had a good choice amid two sci-fi titans. Um, I think we're living in a bit of a dystopia now, considering Black Mirror wasn't chosen. I think it was the right choice. Well, thank you for joining us for the best ever. What did you make of our verdict? And what do you think is the best ever sci-fi TV show? You can let us know on X at Radio Times. We'll be bringing you new episodes of the best ever weekly. So be sure to head to radiotimes.com forward slash the best ever for all the latest news and exclusive content from each new episode. If you're listening to the podcast, you can also subscribe and review the best ever on your podcast outlet of choice. That's all for now, but join us again soon for more of the best ever.